Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the New Books Network. I'm Marshall Poe, the editor-in-chief of the network, and each week we scour the internet looking for interesting new books, and we interview the authors of those books. And this week I'm very pleased to say we have Gail Kaufman on the show, and we'll be talking about her very thought-provoking new book, Super Dads, How Fathers Balance Work and family in the 21st century. As I told Gail in the pre-interview, I read this book uh, with um, great attention because I am in it, and I think many of my friends are in it as well. Not that I'm particularly super, but I faced some of the same conundra that she uh, points to in the book, and I think a whole generation of fathers have faced that. And I know that when I compare the experience my father had or even my grandfather had in parenting, it's very different than mine. So she's certainly on to something, at least anecdotally, and because she's a fine scholar. It's more than anecdotal here because she's done a lot of a lot of research on the issue. And so it's, it's a very uh, enlightening book and, and I think um, um, uh, sort of a conclusive uh, uh, statement of the, of the problem and, um, and, and its historical origins and dimensions. So, Gail, thank you for writing the book. Oh, thank you for talking with yeah, me and, and having and, me on here. Yeah, and welcome to the show. So could you begin the interview, please, by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure, yeah. Um, Currently, I'm a professor at Davidson College, and um, I'm in the sociology department. Um, I teach courses on gender and family issues, and my research focuses more specifically on fathers, (laughs) obviously, and fathers and work and family at this point in time. Mm -hmm. So, could you tell us why you wrote the book Super Dads, how fathers balance work and family in the 21st century. Why did you write the book? Sure. Yeah. Well, as I was thinking about this issue, I've been interested, um, as I mentioned, in gender and family issues. And um, there's really a lot of attention given to the issue of work and family and more specifically for um, working moms and how they struggle with work and family. Um, And I think this is a very important issue and I don't want to downplay that at all, but there's much less attention given to fathers and how they deal with work and family. And I really feel as though this is the other part of this problem is trying to understand what fathers deal with and see how they might make changes or what kinds of things they might need to make changes and uh, to, to make families a bit happier and more balanced. Mm-hmm. Well, there certainly is something here, at least as I say, from my own personal experience, this is of course anecdotal, that there is there has been a change in the role of father uh, in the last, I would say, 50 years. Um, But I'm very interested to know how you studied this. Of course, sociologists are very interested in sort of, mm, how to put it, very kind of strict methods and large databases and this kind of thing. And uh, it it, it didn't occur to me immediately how you would study this. How how did you attempt to... Right, It's a tough tough (laughs) nut to crack. Right. And actually, I have... um earlier work that I've done looking at fathers and work hours using large 
surveys and some of my initial findings were that um, when you looked, a pretty common finding was that fathers work more hours than men who don't have children. This was out there. And I had done a study and I said, well, maybe some fathers are different. Maybe they view things differently, specifically in terms of gender roles and, and, and think more about being involved in their families. And so when I separated and, and looked at fathers by their gender role views, I found that, sure, the more traditional fathers increased, they increased their work hours when they became fathers. But on the other hand, more egalitarian men um, that were fathers, when they became fathers, they actually decreased, worked fewer hours than um, they had before having children. And so this really encouraged me to think, okay, there, there may be some change going on. But the larger surveys really don't have a lot of depth in terms of the kinds of questions that are asked because they're generally close-ended questions. And, and so in order to pursue this further, I thought, well, I really need to talk to fathers themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So, and do engage in a more qualitative project. Um, and so I interviewed fathers for this um, book, and um, I basically started in daycare centers. Um, try, I figured, okay, <laughs> this is a good place to find people with young um, children, and then I branched out and went to other community organizations and um, churches, and um, I tried to find more single fathers as well, so um, various support groups and and, uh, so forth. So I put together um, interviews with fathers in North Carolina and in California, trying to sort of... uh, get a little bit broader geographical diversity um, as well as um, race and ethnicity, education, occupation, things that Mm -hmm. sociologists think about um, to try to really get as broad a sample as I could in terms of really understanding men's or fathers' experiences. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there is some attempt at gathering up, even though you're using... Um, interview techniques, there's some attempt at getting a representative sample. Right. Yeah. I want, yeah, I, I wanted it to be as representative of men's experiences of as I sure. could be. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Now, uh, there's a, there's a table on page eight that I'm looking at that I think nicely summarizes at least some of your findings. Uh, obviously it's a, it's a very rich book, but you divide, uh, fathers into three types, uh, old, new, and super dad. Can you talk a little bit about each of those? Sure. Yes, definitely. Um, First of all, I should back up and say a little bit about um, work-family conflict, which is basically trying to balance work and family and feeling some kind of conflict between the two. I think a lot of people, um, anyone uh, who is employed and has family, um, particularly children, um, face some kind of conflict. And so um, there was a question of, you know, how much uh, are fathers really experiencing this? And and actually, um, you know, so the initial uh, questions that I had focused on how, what kinds of conflicts they had and how they uh, sought to balance, you know, work and family. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the 
just cutting to the point, um, pretty much most of the fathers, almost all of them, did experience some work-family conflict, right? So they were trying to do their best to um, to be good fathers, right, um, at the same time as working and knowing that they had to contribute some kind of income. So, but these three types of fathers came out of how they responded to this work-family conflict. So the old dads, um, and this is just a play on on new dads, which is a term that, that has been used for um, a couple of decades now, but, but old dads are, are what we think of as the more traditional um, father in terms of uh, seeing their role as what I say breadwinners, right? So they... Um, they feel as though they need to provide for their families. And that's really something that becomes a primary role for them. They they want to be involved with their children, but they know that um, often they're the sole provider. Often they have a, um, a wife who's staying at home. So they're, they're um, as a result of this, they really don't make... Um, any changes to their work lives when they have children. So um, they really try to carve out time for their children on weekends or um, sometimes at night if they can fit that in. But their main um, their main issue is trying to provide for their family. So they're not really going to make many adjustments. Mm-hmm. Um, the new dads, and these are the ones that have been um, pretty... Uh, prevalent in the media and there's been quite a bit of attention given to new dads and more involved dads. Um, And these fathers um, certainly are more involved with their children, um, but they're they're really, um, as I say, working within the system. So they may make small changes to work. So things like, um, you know, taking or leaving work one or two hours early on an occasional basis to go to attend a child's, you know, baseball game or um, a piano recital or something like that. Um, they may try to work around um, a few, you know, um, family activities um, sometimes. A lot of them um, do what I call, <laughs> they, they basically... Um, try to play the game of whether they're going to separate work and family or sort of blur the lines. So some of them, uh, and usually the men with um, sort of occupations that are more structured and they they can't take work home, they're uh, more like blue-collar kinds of occupations, these men might just work their 9 to 5 and then they're strict about Okay, I'm leaving. I'm not going to do anything related to work, and it's all about family now. And other men, they tend to be more of the, um, you know, upper middle class fathers who have more professional kinds of occupations may sort of divide the day where they're working. They come home and they spend a lot of time with their children. Um, and then once their children go to bed, they do a little more work and try to catch up with any work that they didn't do so that they could, they, they this way they get home at a reasonable hour, can spend time with their children, but they're still going to do more work at night. So 
Um, in this sense, these dads are really making an effort to, and they do, in fact, spend more time with their children. Um, and, but, on the other hand, the work, you know, you wouldn't get a sense that there are really big changes going on um, in, in terms of how they're responding to um, being fathers, right? So this brings us to the super dads, and the super dads are, the, this is the term that, that I came up with, <laughs> somewhat controversial, but um, I'm going to stick with it, uh, and it really describes fathers who... Um, are making changes to their work lives in response to their families. So they, it's not like, okay, I have to work these hours and then I can fit in family, which is a more, um, which has been a more common um, uh, strategy, right? So these fathers say, okay, family is a priority and I need to do certain things, not just, um, special events, but everyday kinds of needs that their children have and their their schedules and maybe their partner's schedules, and they're going to figure out how to work around that. And that means some pretty big adjustments to their work lives. So at the most extreme, um, a few of the fathers quit their jobs and, and found more family-friendly jobs. Um, but most of them made significant changes in terms of their schedule, um, working from home, adjusting their hours, um, cutting back uh, their hours of work. And so um, in this sense, I see this as really a forward a, a kind of positive change that gets fathers more active um, and uh, yeah, more involved in their children's lives. Mm -hmm. I have lots of questions about this because I know people <laughs> in all three of these categories. So first of all, is there anything concrete we can say about the percentage of dads who fall into one of these three categories? Okay. Well, in, in my particular study, it broke down where half of them were new dads, mm -hmm. um, about 20% were old dads, and 30% were super dads. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, I'm not sure how that would translate on a national level. What I would say is that certainly um, I would say a majority of fathers nowadays are new dads. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's pretty clear that expectations are there and, and fathers themselves want to be involved and, and they're making these efforts. But at the same time, there are a lot of constraints, you know, in the workplace and, and continued expectations about what men will do that mean that it's hard to make mm -hmm. those changes at mm -hmm. work. So yeah. I think that it's, it's pretty common to have, uh, to, for, uh, meant to be new dads. Um, I think the the old dads are sort of uh, a, a diminishing group, uh, getting smaller and smaller. I think there will continue to be some as, uh, you know, based on beliefs and based on, um, you know, family dynamics that um, that put men as, as breadwinners and women as homemakers. But I think this is much less common and becoming less common. And the super dads, this is something that, you know, I've, uh, I came across that I think is, will be 
will expand. Um, mm-hmm. If I had to predict, which generally we don't like to predict, because mm-hmm. <laughs> that usually gets us in a bad spot. But um, I, I think that certainly more dads are aware and 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 are trying to make these changes. But it, it's pretty. I mean, you have to, you know, um, make some pretty bold moves to do this, and so it's sort of going out on a uh, on a ledge for some. Mm-hmm. So then we see a, I was going to say slow, but I guess in historical time, very rapid shift from the old dad model through the new dad to super dad. Would you say the super dad category is increasing and the old dad is decreasing? I, you know, that's what I, yes, I would say mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Now as a historian, um, it seems to me and I don't study these, you know, I'm a Russian historian. I study medieval Russia. So what do I know? Uh, but I do interview a lot of people who write books. So it seems to me that about 95% of this phenomenon is explained by women's liberation and the entry of women into the workforce. What would you uh, say about that? Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of trends going on. I think that certainly that's a big factor in all of these changes um, that women's entrance into the workforce is sort of, um, propelled a lot of these changes and I think in the when I first started studying these issues um, there is a, a book that came out the second shift um, mm-hmm. that focused on the 80s and and basically it was about women uh, having to work two shifts one shift at home one shift um, or one shift at work and one shift at home, right? And they uh, they weren't really getting a lot of help from their husbands. Mm-hmm. And um, the author, Arlie Hochschild, said, well, you know, women are making these great changes, but men in the workplace aren't. Um, I think now, if we fast forward, I think what's happening is that men are making changes. Women have already been making changes. Now men are making changes, but the workplace is still not making so many changes. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, um, I think men have, a lot of men have come to join women in this uh, sort of balancing act of mm-hmm. work and family, and they they need some help from the workplace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I yeah. think th- I think that's true. I'll tell you a little bit about my own story in a second. But the I'm interested in talking a little bit about the path into one of these three models, that is the old, the new, and the super dad. And one of the things it strikes me is that for many people, it's not really a choice at all. That there's they, they have to do one of these three things. Right. Well, that's I'm glad you said that, actually, because... Um, part of part of what I heard a, a lot of these men, almost all of these men, mention was choice, and they saw it as a very individual kind of choice. We we started with hmm. um, talking about how much leave they took, or whether they took leave, and how much leave they took when they first had their uh, child or children, and um, and then on to any changes that they made. Uh, to their regular work schedules and so forth. Um, and a lot of the men said, you know, found, they talked about these struggles that they were dealing with, and it was very much framed as an individual kind of struggle. Maybe, you know, they, they included their partner as well, but it wasn't seen as this broader thing that, you know, all of, you know, that more people were having these issues and that maybe something should be done at a larger structural level. It was all seen as I have this problem and mm-hmm. what am I going to do about it? Mm-hmm. So um, 
a lot of the, the, the decisions that were made by these men were seen as, I'm going to make this change, or I can't make this change. Um, but certainly, the having support from a partner, certainly um, the employer's reaction and um, responses came into play in terms of whether they could make the changes that mm-hmm. they wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of some interesting cases that I know about people I went to college with and graduate school with, people who are professionals. They were, I guess you would call them upper-class people, at least in terms of uh, education, um, and they were predominantly men. And inevitably, it's the case that uh, the woman also uh, went to a similar sort of school, let's say it comes from a similar sort of background, but at some point in their lives, it is quote-unquote decided that the man's career is going to take precedence and the woman is going to stay home. Mm-hmm. I, this is a very common thing, and it surprises me, actually. I don't think that they – I haven't talked to them about it because it's an uncomfortable subject. <laughs> but you know, they, I don't know that they really saw it as much of a – I think they saw it as kind of a bargain. Um, and occasionally you'll see stuff about this. I don't know. There's a woman. I don't remember her name. She writes these uh, sort of New York Times-style pieces in occasional PC Atlantic Monthly about how you know my – my my colleagues uh, at Princeton, my female colleagues right. at Princeton, are staying home. All three of them, you know. Right, like, right, yeah, right. Not very yeah. good, you know, you know the one I'm talking about, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, um, it's not very compelling, but I do know some cases like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think I mean it's less common, but I think yeah, it does happen, um, and it's interesting because. Among the old dads, though, the ones who really didn't make many changes. Um, most of them, it was there. There was some role that their um, wives played in terms of this decision. Um, some of them, it was more that they want. They saw this as the role that they wanted to take on, yeah. and they wanted to be able to provide and ha- be able to um, give their wives the opportunity to stay at home. Yeah, I don't um, think the people I'm talking about would ever say that because that would be, right. that would not be PC at all. Right. You would never say right. in, yeah. in other cases though, um, some of the fathers felt pressure from their wives to be these, you know, the the breadwinner mm-hmm. um, that their wives wanted to take on. So it was very much um, I didn't. I didn't find many. I'm trying to think of any examples where um, they were both really highly educated, and the and the wife was sacrificing um, her career. Um, yeah, this I word think, sacrifice is another one that is a kind of a no no. <laughs> Nobody says it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I just thought of that as I yeah, said. Yeah, right now I see. But I mean, I'm thinking about the way that um, you know my wife, for example, thinks about these cases, and they inevitably infuriate her. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they just make her angry. Uh, right. Yeah, the woman is sacrificing this thing, and the man is, you know, this is just wrong to her. Right, you right. Uh-huh. I think, yeah, and it's interesting because that often pits women against other women in terms of these kinds of choices um, that are made. But I think at the same time, men are not always or don't see themselves as having these choices, and they don't. I think they, to a large extent, um, they don't have the same options um, that women do uh, unless certain conditions apply, mm-hmm. right? So it's still um, much less common for, for fathers to stay at home. Yeah, that's true. Um, but there must be some section of super dads that made the same choice. That is, the wife said, uh, my career comes first. 
And right. so um, this is your this is your quote unquote choice. Right. Well, yeah, I think um, for a lot of the super dads, they were certainly thinking of um, their wives or partners' careers, and they talked about it in a very different way, you know, uh, whereas the old dads often didn't, didn't see the significance of their wives' career. You know, they didn't see that as really important to their wives or to to their families the super dads and and a lot of the new dads as well saw their wives as really important um in terms of their economic role mm-hmm. in the family and actually some of them would would make these changes um because they wanted to support their wives careers and some of them talked about it as their wives' earnings allowed them to do this. So, <laughs> yeah. so it gave them the opportunity. So yeah. it's sort of like flipping things. Like they saw, oh, you know, uh, and a couple of them even used the term, my wife's the breadwinner. And this means we're going to make, you know, schedule around her. And this allows me to be more involved with mm-hmm. my children. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, Well, now let me wax a little bit autobiographical and tell you that I quit my job. My wife wanted to make a career move, and I had a successful career, and it involved doing something. We had to move to another state, and so I had this very good job, and I quit it. Now, here's the strange thing, and I'd like to hear what you say about this. My wife was surprised, and she wasn't even really 100% supportive. Okay. <laughs> she was like, yeah. but don't you need this? I, want you have, I mean, this is like an integral part of your life, right? And you, know, you need to help support the family and blah, 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 blah. Right. And I was like, no, I don't need this. I want to stay with the kids. Right. You see what I'm saying? It's like, okay. it's, it's, it's like there's no role, even in the mind of women, for a guy who just wants to like kind of stay home and take a part-time job. Yeah. She was I like, think, I can't believe you're doing that. <laughs> right. Right. And, and actually, um, it, it's interesting because most of the super dads, they were getting support, or the single super dads didn't have partners right. that, that were, were there. But um, actually, more often, I heard it among new dads, some of them that felt like they would make more changes, but that, um, you know, it, it's, it's sort of this um, concern that um, some wives and some mothers have that, okay, if my, you know, if my husband, my partner does this and spends more time with the children, where does that leave me? And that, and that me, means that, some of them, I think, feel like their role might be a little more diminished and might have concerns about that, or it could be a financial, a lot of um, discussion center around financial issues. But, um, I, yeah, I did get some of the men actually did feel a little more, um, <laughs> that did come up occasionally that they felt constrained because they didn't want to sort of uh, hone in on their on their wives' domain. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I, yeah, I think there is probably some of that. We don't discuss it in those terms, obviously, because my wife is very, and I think many women I know are very strict about the kind of 50-50 rule. It's like you're going to do right. half of everything, and that's it. That's the bargain, and that's that was fine with me. It just was the case, and I'd like to hear you talk about this, that I found personally after trying it for, uh, let's say, more than a number of years, that two aggressive careers and children, and we had to, mm-hmm. uh, was just not possible. 
it just couldn't be done unless you wanted to pay people to raise your children and neither of us wanted to do that so something had to give right right i think yeah it's so this it i guess what i'm saying is this have it all thing i mean i know people that claim to do this and then whenever i investigate it you know they have two aggressive careers one's a lawyer one's a professor inevitably i find they're paying people to raise their kids and i'm not saying that's a bad thing right but uh, that's what's happening or they have a right. grandparent that does it or something yeah, I mean, it's interesting that um, this have it all, I know there's been discussion about can you have it all, and, and it's been going around uh, for women for a while, and now it might apply to men as well. Um, I guess it depends on how you define <laughs> so, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I used to work at the Atlantic Monthly, and when I was on the editorial side, I, um, I would say, well, here's what we should do. One month, we'll put something on the cover that says women can have it all. And those will just sell out. We'll just do great. The next month, we'll put an article up that says women can't have it all. And we'll just repeat. And we'll just do great. We'll, we'll sell zillions of magazines. <laughs> that is, yeah, I, I think that's certainly been a hot topic. Um, I, I guess I would say it depends on how you define having it all. Um, I mean, going back to that, uh, is this, I guess... A lot of people think, okay, having it all is is having this really high-powered career and having this great family where you spend lots of time with them. Um, so I think that, yeah, in a, in a way, a lot of the super dads were, were okay with um, taking a step back with their careers and um, thinking of, of it as um, some of them even went, so far as to say, well, it's really a job, you know, it's something I do and it brings in some money, but, um, you know, I get more satisfaction from, from spending time with my kids than I do from this job, you know? That's what I felt and I got flack from my own family for it. So. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I, you know, <laughs> I think that... Um, I couldn't win. I was, you know... Yeah. Well, I think it's also a very kind of upper middle class argument oh, it is. as yeah, definitely. well. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of people out there have jobs, you know, they might not have right. careers right. and um you know, they it's not a glamorous uh life to go to work. So um, in that sense, you know, I, I talked to fathers who uh, were doing shift work and, you know, they they chose a shift uh, that was different from their wife's shift so that they could be uh, an active part of their children's lives. And, and for them, you know, this was, um, they might, it's not that they didn't find satisfaction in their work. They might like their work, have good uh, uh, workmates and enjoy being at work, but it was, you know, okay, I'm going to do this, but it's important to spend that time with my family. And so, um, it, so it wasn't, you know, uh, right. not everyone is, is trying to climb the ladder. Right. So well, let's speak. not even define it in those terms. Let's just say that, um, you know, initially when we first had kids, I said, well, I guess what I would like to do is certainly I want to spend a lot of time with the kids. Um, uh, you know, I came from a, a, a kind of dysfunctional family. Let's put it that way. I didn't really know my father very well and so on and so forth. And so I wanted to be a part of my kids' lives. At least that's what I thought. But I want to work 40 hours a week. Right. Right. And so, so she has a job too. So she wants to work 40 hours a week too. We both have to work during the daytime. 
just 40 hours a week. Let's not talk about, you know, you know, publishing a paper that wins the Nobel Prize. Mm-hmm. Just work 40 hours a week. Uh-huh. And I just found that wasn't possible. Yeah. It was yeah. just not possible to have two people working 40 hours a week and and raise the kids. Right. And and truthfully, I mean, if I had, if if I could wave a policy wand, um, you know, I would probably make changes to that. I think um, forty hours it could be uh, reduced to thirty-five or maybe even thirty hours. And I've reduced have, it to twenty, and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, even if you, um, <laughs> I had a, it was pretty crazy. But one of the fathers in my book. Um, worked a three-quarter schedule, and his wife also worked a three-quarter schedule, and they also each worked a day at home. And it was sort of, I have a chart in the book because just trying to figure out their schedule, like, okay, on Monday, I'm off, am I right? You know, on, on Tuesday, uh, you know, um, uh, she's off, or and he's going in, but they had three kids and they're trying to get them to three different places. And I think it was Friday that he worked. He had already, he had yeah. also moved his schedule to start at six so that he'd be done by two so that he could pick up his middle child. So on Friday, he worked six to ten the other half day yeah. and his wife worked ten to two, um, You've already confused me. So, I, I, yeah. I, I so anyway, was on first? I mean, it was I just, yeah. it was pretty crazy. But the thing is, they managed to to fit everything in. Um, I, I think it's, um, you know, it's hard to avoid when you, especially when you have young children, some amount of, um, of, uh, you know, just sort of this feeling that you're that you're moving all the time. Yeah. Um, but I think that um, obviously there could be better ways of doing things and, and it's hard to manage it. You're right. It's hard to figure this out as an individual. I mean, and, and I don't think it's fair to, I, I don't like the view that, um, okay, we're all, you know, families are private and everyone can figure it out on their own. I, I take the stance that, you know, we could have some policies, some better poli- work yeah. family policies that that this is an important issue for a lot of people. And, um, you know, if you broaden it to work life, you know, people without children <laughs> may enjoy things outside of work, then, then you're really um, trying to balance these things. Sure. For- so what, what kind of policy uh, policy changes would you suggest? Well, um, one that would focus on work hours and, and being able to um, sort of have more limited work hours, um, if possible, being having more flexible work hours um, where possible, having more time off. Um, one of the big things I like to focus on is is parental leave. Um, the U.S. Uh, is the only developed country that doesn't have a paid family leave policy. Um, and, you know, just even starting out as a parent, it's hard to try to figure things out when you when you might not have time off or you're trying to, the fathers in my book mainly tried to um, put together vacation days to, to take off time. Um, having, the, the U.S. 
doesn't have regulations on um, paid vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot there that um, I think possible um, policies that could help families. Yeah, I mean, I, it's I don't really have enough experience in enough different sectors of the workforce to say very much that's intelligent about that. I mean, I know that my, in my careers, I've had a couple. One is an academic and another working for a corporation. I think as an academic, it's possible we have very flexible schedules, but in the corporation, it would be very difficult because um, I was really expected to be there during certain times of the day. And uh, that was that. That was just a requirement of the job. Um, so, I mean, it's a, it's a tough... To, how do they do yeah. it in France or something? I mean, that... Right, right. Well, I mean, I, you know, I guess there's also, there could be more thought given to really when you need to be there or for particular hours. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I, you know, maybe in some cases, yes, uh, it's really necessary. But a lot of times, um, it might not be as necessary <laughs> as people think, right? Um, so, so I think where possible, the flexible um, hours or fe- flexible workplace, a lot of things can be done in almost anywhere with with the technologies. Um, again, this applies more to middle class or upper middle class. Um, a lot of the you know factory. Uh, jobs and so forth are not are, don't really lend themselves to being flexible, um, mm-hmm. but there I think um, having more regulations on work hours um, and having paid vacation would help at least. Mm-hmm. Did most of the super dads that you interviewed, or did at what percentage of the super dads did that you interviewed said that they were making a real sacrifice? That they sort of talked about it in that terms. They said, "Well, I'm yeah. going to take one for the family right now." Right. Um, I think that that was a pretty low. I mean, I don't. I, I don't think I can put a number mm-hmm. on it. But it, it was um, a concern of, I'd say, a, just a few, uh, a minority of fathers. Um, you know, some. Uh, well, I should say more did talk about uh, several. Did talk about okay. Um, I realize that you know maybe I could be in a different place or or get ahead. Um, and a small number, you know, actually had concerns or maybe regrets about that. But more often, um, once they had made these changes, they were really satisfied. Um, they seemed like the happiest group in terms of feeling like they weren't over, you know, running constantly to do work and to do family. Yeah, like it's funny. They it's had funny. more time. I say that that is really consistent with my own experience. When uh, we first had these challenges about having two careers and so on and so forth, I did say and think of it as making a sacrifice. I said, well, I'm going to sacrifice my career so that our children can be raised by their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really think about it that anymore. You know, I work half time. Uh, I don't make a lot of money. Um, I'm usually out of the office by, well, I'm done with work by one o'clock and I go home and I look forward to it. You know, right. I, d- I don't, I, I didn't used to, you know, cause when I worked nine to five, basically I didn't used to look forward to going home because it was a lot of chaos and, and and now I'm kind of the master of the ship. So yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. And I think 
Yeah, yeah, I think that, I mean, the way I see it, um, that's why parental leave is, I think, a really important thing for fathers um, as well as for mothers because getting involved early on and having those experiences um, really changes your perspective, you know, and um, I think a lot of men, once they are, you know, engage with their children uh, on a daily basis, they see the importance of that and they see um, their relationships with their children mm-hmm. developing in ways that that might not have. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I think that um, it's one of those things where <laughs> if you do it, you know, if if you build it, they will come. If if yeah. fathers are doing these things, they will they will have experiences and, and different um, attitudes about yeah. it. Yeah, I you know I um. I never had this behavior modeled for me, quite quite the contrary. I had a very different kind of aggressive, career-oriented behavior modeled for me by my father um, mm-hmm. and by other men in my environment. Um, and I think that was a kind of hindrance to me because when I f- was first sort of thrust upon me, I was resistant. I was like, you know, I need to work this amount in order to be who I am and I need to play basketball mm-hmm. every day and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I kind of had to unlearn those things. And as you say, through experience – understand that I really could profitably spend a lot of time with the children. Then it was actually kind of fun. I mean, one thing that you realize just for the, you fathers out there, if you take your kids to the local parks, you'll meet a lot of guys just like you. (laughs) You're not alone. You are not alone, man. There are a lot of people out there, men and women who are hanging out at the park with their kids Mm -hmm. and I know them and they became my friends, you know, and and that was kind of fun meeting them and seeing them. And uh, it was a, it was a sort of social experience that I didn't have at work. Uh, right. you know, and it, it didn't, it didn't get, I didn't get warm and fuzzies at work, but I did get warm and fuzzies kind of playing with my kids. Um, yeah. so it, yeah, it's a, it's, um, it's an interesting, and I think, you know, I, I don't have a pity party or anything like that, but it's a difficult thing for men of my generation to make that transition. It's a challenging right. thing Yeah. Um, because I never saw it. You know, my father disappeared when I was four and whenever we saw him again, he just didn't really want to have anything to do with this. And, and, uh, that was that. <laughs> you know, he yeah. just like, did not want to raise us, and he felt fine about it. He didn't think that was a problem because my mom was like, "She's going to raise you." And so, um, and, right. and she ended up having to go back to work. And you know, she's an interesting case because she really didn't want to work. She it was never mm-hmm. her intention to, mm-hmm. to to have a job. But then he split, and then so there she was. And so that's kind of what was modeled for me: somebody who worked and took care of their kids. Right. Um, so, and I, and I think a lot of people have that experience as well. Uh, so it's a it's um. Yeah, it's a di- it's a difficult it's a difficult and kind of interesting transitional m- moment. Um, what happened to the men's movement where we were going to be empowered to do this? I know it died. Remember that? Remember the men's movement? Right. Yeah. yeah Iron I think John. It was, I mean, I, it, yeah, it, it wasn't away. well organized. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I, don't, I just don't see I don't see a lot of it around anymore. So mm-hmm. it's a it's yeah it's um what what would you be you, know, you study this in, intently and so let's see where the rubber meets the road. What would be your advice to a new father? Yeah. Um, well. I mean, I think that, you know, take take all the opportunities that you can to, to be involved with your children. But I think uh, more practically speaking is to really find out what your work, what the workplace policies are um, at your uh, workplace and to talk with your employer, boss, supervisor um, and find out um, what 
what things you might be able to do in order to fit, um, you know, work and family together better. Um, so I think, um, unfor- I don't know, fortunately or unfortunately, a lot of the changes that um, came about and for these fathers were more informal. You know, it was, they had a relationship with their immediate supervisor or that made it possible. You know, mm-hmm. some of them talked about someone else that, you know, other men at their workplace might not be able to do this, you know. Um, so I, I think, unfortunately, it's that means that there aren't consistent, you know, formal policies or consistent um, implementation of any policies that are out there. Um, but I think, you know, at this point, a lot of it is on individuals to try to um, man, you know, to try to figure out something. So I think fathers should be, you know, finding out what's available and what they can do and talking and asking and asking because sometimes, sometimes it's not there, but if you ask, they, they sometimes will figure it out and, and make it available. Um, and, I think that's the direction it needs to go is more men asking because mm-hmm. I think employers are starting to get used to, okay, women want this, but then they make assumptions that women want this and men don't. So mm-hmm. if more men ask for these things as well, you know, there might be larger changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would be nice if it were just assumed the way in which the role of the old dad was assumed. So, for example, everybody would say, you know, 60 years ago that a father should provide for his family. Mm-hmm. There was no doubt about that. That was assumed. If right. it were assumed that a father should take care of his children, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, and of that's course one of the you points. have to take care of your children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's interesting because that's one of the points that I try to make is that, um, you know, often employers see women as mothers, right? Yeah, they, yeah. They, they realize, oh, there are they have children, oh, they might have to leave for things, but they don't see men as fathers. And I, I understand that that there's some problems that come along and, and mothers face quite a bit of discrimination in the workplace, but if employers would um, understand that men are fathers too and that being fathers means spending time with their children, that might change things a bit. Yeah, it's a, you know, I would say to say to young fathers, man up. Yeah. <laughs> Take care of your kids, you know? Like you yeah. got to walk the walk there. And that's going to mean, you know, I mean, think of it in terms of sacrifice. I don't know. I mean, like I say it had a paradoxical result for me as I think it did for most of the people you interviewed that I enjoy it now. Um, right. but you know, so many things in my life, I, you know, in in prospect they looked horrible. But then you do them and they're actually not so bad. <laughs> and sometimes they're even fun. You know, I'm just na- natively conservative in the human mind. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, yeah they're, they're actually kind of fun, which isn't to say, you know, it's not um, – you know, I think that's one unfortunate consequence of the way in which much of the women's movement cast housework as drudgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I don't think that's really true. I enjoy some of it. Um, and, and I don't know. I'm not saying they did. But there's there's part of being the commander of your own ship that is kind of nice, you know, and yeah. making sure everything looks just so and the kids are dr- blah, blah, blah. I mean, I don't want to fetishize it or anything. It's probably not as good as, I don't know, um, winning a gold medal in the Olympics or winning the Nobel Prize. But it's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it really is. Once you do it, you're like, yeah, that's 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 pretty cool. My kid's, my kid's clean and his teeth are washed and he's off to school on time. Wow. 
Right. Yeah. And that's valuable. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah. Not as easy as you think. Not yeah. as easy as you think. No, it's definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> right. So, um, I want to thank you very much for writing the book, Gail. It's, it's fascinating, and I hope a lot of people read it. I really, I really do, because there's a ton of really useful information in it. Um, it's called Super Dads, How Fathers Balance Work and Family in the 21st Century. We have a traditional final question on the New Books Network, and, and that is this. What are you working on now? Sure. Yeah, well, in trying to continue this, this line of work, um, Actually, just last fall, I was in the UK. I was I had a Fulbright fellowship, and I went over there because they have a new paternity leave policy. Wow. And so I thought, okay, well, there are some similarities between um, the UK and the US in terms of um, our, the economic structuring and the policies, but they have different parental leave policies and now this new uh, paternity leave. And so I was trying to understand and, and talking with new parents about decisions that they make about taking the leave and, um, and, and how this might be working over there in hopes that I can have something to say about policy over here and, and sort of promoting those kinds of changes in the U.S. That sounds super useful. Yeah. I'm all for useful. Yes, yeah. it's good. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Right. I, I, I would hope, I mean, eventually the end game would be some kind of change. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, that's, you know, yeah. be useful to people. That's what that's what I always say. Try to find, try to be useful. So anyway, uh, we've been talking with Gail Kaufman today about her book, Super Dads, How Fathers Balance Work and Family in the 21st Century. I want to thank Gail very much for being on the show. Thank you, Gail. Oh, thank you so much, Marshall, for having me. Absolutely. And I want to thank everybody for listening to the New Books Network. Bye-bye. 